Hey friend, and welcome back to the Vision Driven Health Podcast. I'm really excited to do this topic for you because I know it's going to provide you with some very tangible takeaways that you can implement right away, along with a different take on food that will serve you in a lot of different ways. Truth be told though, I'm mostly excited because I love showing the insight that's available in Leviticus 11. And I am curious to see how this episode performs because I don't think people see Leviticus and think, Ooh, yeah, I definitely want to see what's going on with that. (laughs) However, I think you will find this to be quite interesting. And I know that you'll find it to be helpful in reading those food labels and making healthy food choices moving forward. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into how to read food labels and the exciting chapter of Leviticus 11. Do you find yourself struggling to consistently implement healthy habits? Do you lack energy, confidence, and motivation because of stress, overwhelm, and shame for having not gotten it together by now? Friend, there is hope and grace for your health. Hey, I'm Robin Ryan McDonald, host of the Vision Driven Health Podcast. I'm a follower of Jesus, a wife, a mama of two, and a seminarian turned health coach. And I'm so excited that you're here. I found myself in my early 20s captive to cravings and convenience, 20 pounds heavier, super tired, with a face full of acne. I could not figure out how to maintain healthy habits until I discovered the power of aligning my choices with God's vision. 10 years and two kids later, by the grace of God, I'm still prioritizing my health and feeling amazing. If you are over quick fixes and are ready to feel good in your own skin, then grab a giant water bottle and let's dive on in. As a reminder, the Vision Driven Health Podcast is under the umbrella of Mabel Health Incorporated. The content on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not intended for medical advice. It does not take the place of medical advice or treatment from a physician. Listeners should consult their own doctor or a qualified healthcare professional for specific health concerns and questions. Okay, really quick, before we dive into how to read labels and Leviticus 11, I have to let you know that I only have three spots left in my 16-week sustainable health transformation program. Now, this program is specifically for ladies who want to create healthy habits that last in partnership with Jesus. If this is you, then you're over the quick fixes. You're done with trying to do things that get you somewhere only to gain back the weight. And you really want to learn what works for your body and your unique schedule so that it truly can become a lifestyle. And you know that you need a mindset shift and accountability to actually be consistent to get to where you want to be. If you're hearing that and you're like, oh man, yeah, that's totally me. And you want to get more info and on what it looks like to apply for one of those last few spots, then you're going to want to go to madewellhealth.com forward slash apply, which that link will be available for you in the show notes. Okay. Without further ado, let's get into food labels. I'm going to start this off with a couple of frameworks I think are going to be important for learning about healthy food choices. First, it's important to know that as I give suggestions on the ideal for labels or quality of foods, this doesn't mean that anything else is quote unquote bad or that you shouldn't eat other quote unquote less quality options. 
there are two different concepts I use to help with this. First is being vision driven. This is one of two primary pillars in my sustainable health transformation program. The second one is being grace-fueled, which you can actually hear more about if you listen to episode six, and you can listen to Vision Driven in episode five. But this means that you have clarity on who you are in Christ, the value of your life, and how you show up in the world in such a way that you recognize that your health matters and directly impacts that calling. This clarity is your vision. You have an ideal for the health you want to have in order to live out your calling the calling that God has placed on your life. Now, based on this vision, you then make choices that align with that. So your choices are driven by the vision that you have. For example, I feel strongly that God wants to work through me to bless my family, my community, and the church at large through this ministry. And I want to have the energy and the vitality to do so well into my 90s and to be able to play with my great-great-grandchildren. So in order to see that through, I'm really intentional with my eating choices and my lifestyle choices now in my 30s because I know that they compound over time and have an impact as I get older. Based on my vision, I don't go through most fast food drive throughs <laughs> For me personally, I know that even the quote unquote healthy options have ingredients and additives that I just don't want to put in my body because I know it's going to affect that vision I have for my health. Now, that is just me. Someone else's vision, even though they also want to be healthy, they know that they would feel overly restricted based on their dieting experiences in the past and whatever other circumstances they had, that if they can't occasionally go get a McFlurry or a Frosty every now and then, it just wouldn't work for them. And that's okay. That doesn't make their vision less than or bad. It's just a personal preference. So keep this in mind as we move forward. The next concept I want to bring to the table for this topic is another one I talk about with my clients, and that's the good, better, optimal spectrum. Now, I know that I mentioned in the intro, but I do have a PDF, a food label reading guide for you where this is going to be explained visually. All that to say, Nutrient-dense eating is a journey. So good is still good, and it doesn't have to be this all-or-nothing thing if, you know, after this episode you learn, oh no, I've been eating this kind of meat or this packaged food, and that's actually terrible, and, you know, now I I can't eat that at all, (laughs) or whatever that looks like. I want you to realize that there are good options that do benefit your body, even if it's not the optimal option. And For many people, getting to an optimal standard of eating takes years. I mean, I know it did for me, even with the intention of eating clean and going through my nutrition school, it just, it took time to learn what was actually healthy. And then on top of that, there's the challenge of finding those higher quality options at your local grocery store. And then on top of that, it's the challenge of integrating what you learn into your lifestyle and figuring out how to cook that certain way and whatnot. So it's a process. And I just really want to invite you to take this information in with a grain of salt in such a way that you can give yourself grace and have the info you need and then move forward in a way that empowers you to make those slow changes in your lifestyle. So when I say quote unquote good, I am referring to 
non-organic whole food options. So we're talking meat, eggs, dairy, veggies, fruits, nuts, and whole grains, like really trying to focus on single ingredient stuff. These are foods you could get at a restaurant, maybe they're pre-made meals, or they could even be frozen dinners or even fast food options that could provide these whole food options. And if you're opting for these whole food options, again, even though it's not organic or it's maybe it's from the drive-through and I just said how I don't like to do that personally, I still consider that good. And for some people, that is a really big step. The next category is better. So this is trying to choose meats without antibiotics or hormones, trying to get organic as much as you can, trying to cook more often at home, and really trying to prioritize protein and veggies. There's a little bit more intentionality with the quality and how you're putting together your meals. So that is really the short summary of the better option. Finally, the last one is optimal. And that's the one that a lot of what I'll be sharing through the rest of this episode will fall into. So in this category, we're looking for grass-fed, pasture-raised, and organic whole food options for pretty much for most of the foods, and you're primarily cooking your meals at home. And again, many of us are, you know, we're making really big steps by choosing those whole food options. Again, even if it's non-organic, even if it's from the fast food (laughs) chain or whatnot, it still benefits your body. And just a really key thing with this good, better, optimal spectrum, it's not what you should be doing. It's, this is, what's good, better, and optimal for your health. If you make the choices in the good category, that's good for your health. If you do the better, it's going to be even better for your health. If you make those choices that I'll be talking about more here in a second, it's going to be optimal. And so it's up to you based on your vision, which of those categories and or where on that spectrum you really want to focus. And at the end of the day, like I've been saying, it's all good and beneficial. It's just a matter of where you want to fall. And honestly, I'll say for myself, I slide around in that spectrum of good to optimal. There's days where it's, I'm in the good side. And again, even though I'm not able to get the higher quality or maybe make the choices I want to, I'm still being intentional. And so I want to give you the freedom to know this isn't a should. And two, to know this all comes down to getting more and more clarity on your vision and what you feel is going to serve you and the goals that you have. Okay, now that we've gotten those two concepts I don't want to say out of the way. Now that we've paid attention to those, (laughs) we can move into taking a look at Leviticus 11. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but to give you an idea of what we're working with, if you're not familiar with it, I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. Now, stick with me. (laughs) You will appreciate the takeaways from this, and they will help give you motivation for your own healthy choices when I get into more detail on what labels we're looking at and wanting to prioritize when we're making our own healthy food choices at the grocery store. Okay, starting in verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the Israelites. From among all the land animals, these are the creatures that you may eat. Any animal that has divided hoofs and is cleft-footed and chews the cud, such you may eat. But among those that chew the cud or have divided hoofs, you shall not eat the following, the camel, for even though it chews the cud, it does not have divided hoofs, it is unclean for you. The rock badger, for even though it chews the cud, it does not have divided hoofs, it is unclean for you. 
The hare, for even though it chews the cud, it does not have divided hoofs. It is unclean for you. <laughs> the pig, for even though it has divided hoofs and is cleft-footed, it does not chew the cud. It is unclean for you. Of their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcasses you shall not touch. They are unclean for you. Now, <laughs> that's the end of it. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read this, my first thought <laughs> was, yeah, I have no idea what that means or why this would be God's instruction. Just some Old Testament stuff that doesn't really apply to now and just kind of seems redundant and, you know, isn't necessarily the the kind of scripture getting into the word topic that one would normally look for. Now, I definitely eat pork. I actually just had some last night. Probably will make some for myself for lunch here in a bit. <laughs> but I can't say that I have any interest in camel or rock badger. But let me give you some context here as to why, you know, those who do follow, follow the Jewish custom of kosher eating, they still don't eat pork. But then, you know, those of us who are Christians, Protestant Christians, Messianic, um, I don't actually, I'm not sure. Messianic Jews maybe still follow kosher. Um, but all that to say, why do we eat pork, even though biblically it says not to? So... We've got this massive group of people, God's chosen people, his holy nation who are traveling through the wilderness to the promised land. That's the context of when they receive this instruction. This particular group of people is the group of people that God chose to be a blessing to all nations. You can read that in Genesis 22, 18. It would seem prudent for God to provide instructions for this group of people with a huge calling to actually survive physically, to live that out. <laughs> what we have here is some biblical food label reading. <laughs> now, you might be familiar with other portions of Leviticus that go into all of the cleanliness laws, which, again, might just seem like odd ritual instructions that aren't applicable to now. But those also were extremely important for this massive group of people to maintain cleanliness so that they wouldn't be contaminated by disease and get wiped out and literally be incapable of living out this purpose and calling that God had put upon them. Now, again, I said, I love eating pork, <laughs> but God knew something about pigs that made them an unhealthy option during that time. And <laughs> no, it wasn't because it's a fatty meat. I know there's a lot of literature out there, whatnot, on how pork is unhealthy or fatty meats unhealthy. I personally don't agree with that. That's, I guess, another episode. Um, but it's actually because pigs, as it says, they don't chew the cud. They don't have four stomachs like a cow does. They only have one. And similar to our bodies, what they eat becomes what's their meat, basically. It, it, there's no filter. And pigs, they eat everything and anything, even nasty dead animals, meaning they could easy, easily carry diseases that when you eat them, you would then ingest that disease. Whereas cows or the other animals that are recommended, I'm sure lambs and whatnot that uh, was recommended and they were eating at that time, they have a different digestion process that filters their food and also, they eat different food as well. They only eat grass. They're not, you know, eating diseased things that would then taint their meat if someone were to consume it. So you can see that God was ensuring his people had a nutritious 
diet, he was making sure they understood, hey, if you (laughs) eat these things, you're going to be unclean. If you eat these things, then you're going to be good. It's going to, you know, serve your your calling. It's going to enable you to continue to move forward. And then the chapter goes on to give instruction on seafood. And it doesn't specifically mention lobster, crab, or shrimp, but based on what it says, those would be out, which I, I love me some lobster, crab, and shrimp. <laughs> it says only sea animals that have fins and scales. So basically your standard fish. And like I said, I if I do eat lobster, crab, or shrimp, I really try to make sure that they're from quality sources because they, like pigs, eat junk and it goes into their bodies and it becomes their meat. So when you consume them, you're consuming the junk and those crustaceous little creatures are bottom dwellers. They eat anything and everything. They're on the bottom. I'm not, and (laughs) I'm sure the ocean, I know the ocean is way more contaminated than it was way, way, way back in (laughs) the, in Moses's time. Um, and so with that said, again, they, the Israelites, they could eat anything that any of the fish that had the fish in the scales. So those other sea creatures, which, you know, it's not just crustaceous animals. Those are the ones that I think of that we're, you know, we eat more today, but you know, they didn't know that they couldn't eat a sea snail or a sea urchin or a starfish or, you know, and those that would be poisonous for them. That wouldn't benefit their body. Or again, like I said, the little crustaceous creatures, they would contain junk. It then goes on to talk about birds and it says no eagles, no vultures, no buzzards, ravens, hawks, seagulls, owls, storks, herons, or bats, which praise God for that. <laughs> but if you notice, there's a theme with these birds. They are all birds of prey. They eat dead animals and could be diseased and again, cause harm to the Israelites. I actually just watched the movie Unbreakable. If you haven't seen it, it's really good, super inspiring. Um, but there's this one part of the movie where they are trying to survive and they catch a seagull and they eat it and then they end up just like vomiting everywhere, which I was like, oh gosh, that is such a nasty creature to eat. But again, like I said, God knew what he was saying when he was telling the Israelites, hey, don't eat this, eat this stuff. And with that said, what I'm wanting to offer you now for present day that there's wisdom to be carried into our context is are these tips for reading food labels. And the same principle, the same concept is true that you have a calling. You are valuable and you are God's chosen child. You are his plan for being his light in this world, for bringing forth his love and for directing people to him. And because of that, it's extremely important that what you eat supports that calling and enables you to live that out without being hindered by foods that cause you harm. And there are so many foods that fill our grocery stores and menus that are just filled with junk that is slowly eroding at the health of God's chosen people. We are being led by our culture, by what's normal. I grew up that way. I imagine maybe you did as well, where there's just this lack of understanding of what foods contribute to chronic diseases. And these chronic diseases are more becoming more common than not in the American people. And I know we have international listeners. I am not super familiar with what that looks like in other countries. Uh, I know there's probably better than the United States. We are among the sickest first world 
countries, if not the sickest. And, and, and the thing is, these chronic diseases, in most cases, can be avoided, provided that we make healthy choices and shift our lifestyle. So what I'm giving here today isn't meant to be a set of rules or what you have to do. And yeah, that was the purpose of Leviticus 11. It was part of the law. It was God's instruction to his people that they were meant to follow. Things are different. We're in a new covenant. We have both Peter and Paul in the New Testament who say that all food is is good. It's fine. <laughs> um, but what I think the takeaway is, is that God cares about what you eat because he cares about your well-being. And there's something to be said about making food choices that support that well-being. And what I want to provide you here in the rest of this episode is better clarity on which foods will nourish your body and those that will cause harm. And then you get to decide what makes sense for you and the vision that God has placed on your heart for your life and your health. So what I'm going to give you here is an overview what's in that label reading guide that I said you can get access to. It's all spelled out. Everything that I'm saying here is defined and it's there for you to reference for when you go to the grocery store and you're making your meal guide plans. And I also even included nine different recipes, three different recipes for three for breakfast, three for lunch and three for dinner. So once you kind of go through it all and you're like, okay, like you're saying to eat these foods, how do I make meals? So I got you. I put that in there as well, but I'm going to give you, like I said, this overview and I'm going to start with what you don't want to be fooled by. And there are some labels that look like they're healthy. And the, the sad thing is they are meant to look healthy and the food industry doesn't care if it actually is or not. They just know that if it looks healthy, people generally want to try to eat well and it's going to increase their sales because they made it look like it's healthy and then more people will buy it. But again, they don't care if it actually is or not. So one of those big ways that they do that is by using the label all natural or 100% all natural or all natural ingredients, which unfortunately that label doesn't mean anything in terms of whether or not it's healthy. I mean, cyanide is natural, but that's not good for you. (laughs) And at the end of the day, yeah, everything that's put into a packaged food box is started as a natural source, but whatever they did to it or how, whatever combination of ingredients they have in there, it doesn't mean it's healthy for you. So don't be fooled by that. And they also will use green boxes with little leaves and other green things to, again, make it look healthy. And it looks like, oh, it came from a plant. So that's good. Friend, don't fall for it. Another really sad label, which I'm going to the positive labels, but another sad label is that heart healthy check mark, which honestly, I see that on some of the highest glycemic foods, which means it's going to spike your blood sugar and cause inflammation. And it's on like the cereals and crackers. And it's usually paired with another label that says made with 100% whole grain. And again, friend, these are not indicators of a healthy food. They are made, they are there to make you think it's healthy. You know, you can think about it this way. A donut can be made with 100% whole grains. And because the heart healthy recommendations say that your diet should be comprised primarily of whole grains, they can say it's a heart healthy option. But we all know that a donut isn't healthy. So Keep that in mind, friends. Another one you want to be leery of is anything that says free in it. So if it says sugar-free or fat-free or zero calorie or zero grams of sugar, for me, when I see that, that just means 
chemical mess <laughs> for someone for something to have no fat, no sugar, but it tastes like something that does. That means they had to do some sort of ingredient gymnastics to make that happen. And I'm not interested in putting whatever that is into my body. <laughs> Those additives are what can wreak havoc on your digestive system over time. If a label has a 100% vegan or vegetarian label, that does not mean it is healthy. What that means is that they didn't use any animal products. Well, for vegan, it does. Vegetarian means there was no meat. But in a vegan cookie, instead of using one of my favorite ingredients, butter, uh, it'll use fake butter with inflammatory vegetable oils or just the oil itself. And this is especially the case with fake meats. The top ingredient in most fake meats is usually canola oil or some kind of vegetable oil. And personally, I avoid those fake meats like the plague. Just give me the real stuff. <laughs> Always make sure to check the ingredients, which I will get into further here in just a moment. Another big one that is getting slapped on everything is gluten-free. I feel like a broken record player here, but again, same thing with gluten-free. Just because the label's on there doesn't mean it's healthy or even necessarily healthier by having that label. Sure, yes, I personally do try to minimize gluten intake. However, it just because a product is gluten-free doesn't mean it's healthier because one, it usually is made with ingredients that will still spike your blood sugar. It just isn't gluten. And then two, because they're starting to put gluten-free on foods that have always been gluten-free, but they're just using it as a marketing tactic for people who think that gluten-free is healthier. And they're like, oh, it's gluten-free too. So it's got to be good. And then they're just trying to increase their sales. What I do like to see is the organic label. Now, just because something is organic also doesn't mean it's healthy. It's unfortunate that there really isn't like one label like, okay, find this label. And if that's on there, then you know for sure it's healthy. It's unfortunately a little bit more complicated than that. You have to look for a variety of different things, which I'll continue to explain here, but then also is fully explained out, explain, explained. That reminds me of, <laughs> I love Lucy and he's like, you got some explaining to do. Anyways, <laughs> side note, it is fully explained in that label guide for you. Um, but with that said, contrary to God's food guidelines, we're not talking about simple ingredient foods here. And so that's why it's more difficult when we're looking at these labels with, you know, in Leviticus, it's like, this animal, yes or no. <laughs> Whereas it's like, okay, there are a lot of more ingredients than just beef or chicken or pork when we're talking about packaged food items. So again, an organic donut doesn't mean it's healthy. It just means that it doesn't have the pesticides, herbicides, and GMO ingredients that a non-organic donut, a non-organic donut has. <laughs> but it will still spike your blood sugar and create an inflammatory response in your body. So I do like seeing organic, but there's a little bit more that I like to see when it comes to the ingredients and also the macro balance of that food. What I also like to see is the non-GMO label, which fun fact, if it's organic, it's also non-GMO. There's no GMOs in organic. So sometimes when you see organic and then the non-GMO label, it's a little redundant, but again, it's a marketing tactic because people like to see that as well. And non-GMO means that there are no genetically modified ingredients. However, again, it could still be an inflammatory food. So keep that in mind, just because it's organic, just because it's non-GMO doesn't mean it's healthy. It just means it's devoid of certain additives that we don't want to have in our food. And also it could be argued that with organic, 
there are certain soil standards. There may be more actual nutrients in that ingredient or food as well. I also like to see no sugar added. That's very different than no sugar. No sugar added means there may be sugar in it, but it's from natural occurring sugars. Maybe they use dates or maybe there's some sort of fruit in there, but it doesn't have like cane sugar or high fructose corn syrup or something to that effect. However, again, it um, you still want to keep in mind and look and see how much sugar is actually in it because just because there's no sugar added, it could still be pretty sweet. I also like to see when it says no artificial preservatives, sweeteners, or flavors. Unfortunately, this is a label that is still used on some of that, what I said, green labeling or the all natural kind of vibe where they're saying, look, there's no preservatives or sweeteners or flavors. And uh, they've gotten, they've gotten a little loose with what can be defined as that. So it could still be an unhealthy thing. But at the end of the day, I like to see that it's honestly a good step in the right direction. Now, when it comes to ingredients, one of the first things I look for is what kind of oil is used in it? I do my best to avoid vegetable oils at all costs. <laughs> they are extremely inflammatory and they are used in so many packaged foods. And so you really want to try to avoid canola oil, soybean oil, cottonseed oil, vegetable oil blends, safflower oil, sunflower oil, peanut oil, grapeseed oil, sesame oil, or any of the other words that end in glyceride. Also look for sugars and artificial sweeteners to avoid as well, such as high fructose corn syrup, sucralose, saccharin, aspartame, erythritol, and anything that has like a syrup or an oast at the end of it, even if it's a natural syrup uh, or excuse me, sugar like maple syrup or honey or agave. I mean, as even though it's natural, it's still sugar, right? So it can still spike your blood sugar. You want to look and see at the actual sugar content, how many grams are there. What I also like to see when it comes to just looking at the ingredients in general is how many actual ingredients are there. I like to see less than 15, preferably less than 10 ingredients. And I like to make sure, like I said, none of them are vegetable oil. And if there is some sort of sugar or sweetener that it's toward the end of the list, the ingredients are listed from the largest portion to the smallest. And so if like the number one ingredient is sugar or is a grain then you know it's going to be a higher glycemic food. If it's meant to be a protein bar or something like that, and one of the top ingredients isn't the actual protein, then you're not getting a high protein to other ratio in your food. And then kind of a simple tip, but I do like to see that the ingredients are identifiable. Um, I know I want to be able to look and see, okay, I know what that is. That seems like an original source ingredient. This isn't some sort of chemical derivative that's been you know, spliced however many different times from a piece of corn. <laughs> so I like to see that. And when it comes to the actual whole foods and we're looking at meat, I like to, again, this is the optimal category. I like to see organic grass-fed beef and dairy. When it comes to eggs, I go for pasture-raised, preferably organic pasture-raised. I'm going to be getting some chickens for myself here in the next couple of months, hopefully. So then I'll just know that they are happy, healthy chickens and eggs. <laughs> um, you want to look for antibiotic free chicken and pork. And when you can get organic or pasture raised, there's a label that says vegetarian fed on egg, car egg cartons, chicken or pork packages. That unfortunately means that those animals were not fed their natural diet. 
chickens and pigs are actually omnivores and they need meat. And for chickens, they eat bugs and they will actually also eat meat. And so if it says vegetarian fed, that's usually indicative that those animals were raised in an industrial operation where they were all in super tiny confined spaces and given this, you know, whatever kind of feed instead of their natural diet. And they probably didn't have access to the outdoors or honestly, just a better life. So you want to keep an eye on that when you're making those choices as well. For veggies and fruits, again, I go for organic as much as possible. Uh, If you're wanting to kind of see what to prioritize to make organic or maybe what you can get away with being non-organic, check out, you can just Google it, the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. The Dirty Dozen is a list of 12 foods that are the most heavily sprayed foods with pesticides and herbicides. So you pretty much always want to try to get those organic. I know off the top of my head that those are like berries, apples, pears, a lot of those kinds of foods. I try never to have those non-organic because I know they're just doused in that stuff. But then the clean 15 are the least sprayed uh, foods or they're protected by appeal. So it's like oranges, avocados, bananas. um, And there's a few others that don't have peels, but you can usually opt for non-organic for those if you're trying to save, you know, some money on choosing organic options. And all of this, like I said, it's spelled out in my free label reading guide that you can access at visiondrivenhealth.com forward slash label guide. And you can access that also in the show notes. And if you found this helpful, feel free to share this with your friends or on social media. I really care a lot about people having this education information so that one, the food industry has to start changing what they're putting out there because if people don't buy it, they're not going to keep making it. And so if we can educate people on what's actually healthy and they start buying that, then they'll start having to put out healthier food options. Our choices do matter and they do make a bigger impact than even just our own lives. And I really haven't given up hope on that. (laughs) And so I care a ton about that changing so that One, we see that change in the food, what's provided, but then also in your bodies. I want you all to be consuming foods that's nourishing you. And like the Israelites, you can be God's chosen, God's chosen people and live out your calling unhindered by the harm that these junky foods can cause. And if you feel like this kind of info and is what you're looking for, and you want support to make some big changes in your health, I do have three remaining spots in the sustainable health transformation for July. And you can apply for those at madewellhealth.com forward slash apply. Otherwise stay tuned for next week because I'm actually bringing a guest who's going to teach you how to save money through her grocery budgeting method. And it's a really good episode. I'm really excited for you to listen. She's got some phenomenal practical tips for that. And it's such a perfect follow-up for what you're learning today and what you'll get from the label reading guide. So until then, I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you so much for listening to the Vision Driven Health Podcast today. I hope this episode inspired you, supported you, and blessed you in some way. If it did, it would mean the world if you would leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcast and share this episode on your social media. The more reviews and shares this gets, the more people can be blessed and encouraged in creating a Jesus-centered, sustainable, healthy lifestyle. If you want to hang with me and other Jesus-loving ladies who are creating healthy habits that last, 
be sure to join my free Facebook group, The Madewell Mastermind. Use the link in the show notes to join. Be blessed with hope, joy, and health. I'll see you next week. Again, the Vision Driven Health Podcast is under the umbrella of Mabel Health Incorporated. The content on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not intended for medical advice. It does not take the place of medical advice or treatment from a physician. Listeners should consult their own doctor or a qualified healthcare professional for specific health concerns and questions.